please pardon our dust, but we are under construction for a few weeks and we'll have to be releasing some older episodes that were some of our favorites getting ready for Halloween. Yeah. The Witch's Castle, one of Carol's favorites. Ha ha ha. Just don't listen at 3 a.m. The following episode contains descriptions of both physical and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. My computer I have on the background is a beach coastal theme and um, it has sound effects. And so it's supposed it to sound... It sounds like the ocean? It's supposed to, but it doesn't. It sounds like a toilet flushing. So <laughs> every time I do something on my computer, all what? of a sudden you hear a toilet flushing, everybody starts laughing at me. And I'm like, I don't get it. And Kimber is like, Polly, um, that's supposed to be the ocean sound. I go, that sounds like a toilet. And everybody's like, yep, that sounds like a toilet. Oh, are you ready to tell your ghost story? Yes. Hello. Hello, Carol. You go first. I'm going to go first today, probably for the best. I actually did a a local story. Um, It's called The Witch's Castle. And as you know, being a native Portlander like myself, there is a ginormous park in Portland called Forest Park. And deep inside of Forest Park is something called The Witch's Castle, which is said to be quite haunted. And it is near the junction of Wildwood Trail and Laura McClavey McClavey Trail. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Laura. (laughs) You guys know what I'm talking about. Okay. So back in 1850, there was a guy named Danford Balch. And Balch went into... (laughs) Why is that funny? Also an unfortunate name. (laughs) Uh, I think it's a lovely name. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) What are you talking about? He filed a property claim in 1850 and said, this land is my land. It's not your land. It's my land. That reminds me of a song. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine what song you would be referring to. He wanted to clear the property so he could build a home for his family. And so he hired a guy named Mortimer Stump. Another. (laughs) What is with these god awful names, Holly? Please. I am not. Did you you just insert like the worst names that you could find? No, no. This is all true. It was on the internet. It's true. Mortimer Stump. And he was. (laughs) He was a transient. Yeah, she was a transient from Vancouver. (laughs) I can't handle this. (laughs) This is supposed to be scary. God damn it. I got to pull it together. Pull it together. Okay, Okay, we're going to start this again. Okay. There's a guy named Danford Balch. Big Balls Balch. And he he bought some property in Forest Park. I guess I've never looked at these trail names. <laughs> these are not trail names. These oh. are the names of the characters in our story. <laughs> okay. He hired this guy named Mortimer Stump. <laughs> Stop it. And Mortimer was a transient worker from Vancouver, Washington. 
And Balch was like, hey, why don't you live with my wife and my kids and I? And he's like, okay, I will. So Balch told him to stay with him, his wife, Mary Jane. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> of course it's Mary Jane. Mary Jane Balch. And their nine children. Holy cow. Yeah, they had a lot of kids. But back in those days, you didn't have birth control. So we just had lots of kids. I don't care. Nine kids. How? They got some. The rhythm got... method does not work. So anyway, they're working together to clear the land and so on and so forth. And then Stump falls in love with Balk's 15-year-old daughter, Anna. Okay, that's just creepy. Well, back in those days, that was totally, totally cool. So he asks Balk if he can, Balch, Balch, if he can marry Anna, but Balch says, fuck you, no. Don't that's you right. dare touch my 15-year-old daughter. That's right, because, you know, it's still creepy, even though it was allowed back then. Yeah. But Anna, good dad, good dad. Yeah, but Anna's like, um, Daddy, I love him. I love his stump, Daddy. <laughs> daddy, come on. And Daddy is like, no. And if you guys leave and get married anyway, I will kill him. And they're like, Dad, you're so overly dramatic. This is a bunch of bullshit. So they left. And they eloped. And after a few weeks of them being married. She ran away. No, they already oh. they already ran away. No, she ran away after being married. No, 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 no. They were happily wed. Okay. And they came into I think Portland or something, and to get some supplies. And who did they run into? But Dad, Balch, Daddy Balch. It was a small place back then. Sure was. There was like ten people here, and uh, so Daddy Balch was like, uh, "I told you if you guys were gonna do this, I was gonna kill him." And so he pulled out a shotgun. Well, some of the stories say. An axe. He pulled it. <laughs> no. Some stories say he pulled out a shotgun, but actually the shotgun wouldn't be invented for like another 12 years or something. So he pulled out some kind of a weapon and he shot Stump right in the face. And they, of course, arrest him. But the jails back then were these like little wooden rooms and they weren't very well made. So he was able to get out of there. And he took off and he went back to the same area in Forest Park where he had been working with Stump to prepare his property and so on and so forth. He was out there for like six months before the law finally caught back up with him and said, no, remember, you killed that guy. You have to come back with us. And so they took him back. Okay, what, Holly, it took them six months to it find was, him? They had to get a wagon. They had to get some horses. It takes a while to get out there, Carol. They have other shit to do. They probably had to survive a couple of winters. You know, there's stuff going on back in the 1850s that are not motivated no. to catch killers. <laughs> it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. Obviously we don't have not. serial killers. Every, you know, fifth person is a serial killer or a sociopath. And, you know, they tried him and they convicted him and they hung him. And he was the first legal hanging in Oregon. He was the first person to be hung for his crimes in Oregon. That's kind of interesting. But anyway. Yeah, it is interesting because mm -hmm. with so many trees, I would think that would be a very popular way of, <laughs> you know, dealing with well, your Well, if you think criminals. about it, there's 10 people there and one person is now dead. So that's nine. And then he had to escape. So that means four people have to go looking for him. So that leaves five to try and convict him. So there probably and wasn't two, a whole lot of people. And two are definitely not hunters. So. Right. And most of them are his kids. <laughs> and one. You know, can't hike at all. Because he had nine kids. And so one, right. one, one person's dead. They're all not, related to one. They're all related. The whole there's, town's related to dad. There's nine people left. And they're like, dad, you, you fucker. We're going <laughs> to. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, dad, we're convicting you of murder. And you're going to hang for this. <laughs> 
Anyway, why is this all related to a ghost story, you ask? Why is it related to a ghost story, Holly? Well, apparently in the 1950s, they built a stone structure um, pretty close to, if not right on top of the same area where his house had been. It was used as a restroom area and like a ranger station. It was destroyed, I think, in the 1960s by a big storm. But it, was, it became known as the Witch's Castle, and it's part of it still stands today. High school kids go out there, and they vandalize it, and they, they actually are the ones that named it the Witch's Castle. Okay, I was going to ask how it got its name. Yeah, the, the high school kids have named it that. But the reason I bring it up is because it is said to be highly haunted. Uh, people have seen plasma orbs, and around midnight, apparitions appear, and they have been photographed in, in some cases. Everyone seems to think that the war between the Balch and Stump is still happening. And the ghosts of these people are still at war with each other. And that's still playing out in the same space that um, all of this actually went down in the 1850s. But visitors do feel uneasy about entering the structure that's still left. Toilets report reportedly would flush on their own. And some people say the building was actually abandoned because of the paranormal activity. Because too, it was too much to bear. And of course, there's even rumors that a coven of witches have practiced their magic there. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Because I was like, what does that have to do with witches? Well, though? because it looks creepy. So if you go on to the internet and you look at it, it does look kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's deep in the woods. And um, it just, it's, but it's really, you can, it's on a popular hiking trail in Forest Park. And a lot of people hike out there and see it. But it is, um, you know, it's got a lot of... Um, a lot of activity, and especially if you're there at night, it gets a lot of. It's said to be highly um, haunted, if you will. So, what is your theory, Holly? Do you feel it's the ghosts of Stumpy and Balchi? You know what? We should go out there some night at midnight with candles and dark cloaks and see what happens. No, thank you, Carol. No. I, I want to stay by the nice warm campfire. I thought we were doing this to bond. <laughs> I, I, you know what we should do every every podcast? We should say we should go out and do, and then we never do any of it. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should go out there. We should go yeah, out there. Yeah, we should. <laughs> on Halloween night. On Halloween night? We always say Next Halloween year? night. No, even better, we should go on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. At the witching hour. Halloween night. Most people midnight. think witching hour is midnight, but you're wrong. Ooh. Do you know when actually the witching hour is? 2 a.m. Nope. 6 a.m. Nope. 4 p.m. I feel great, Holly. I feel great. 3 a.m. What happened? Why 3 a.m.? What happens then? That's the witch's hour. A witch told me that. So, Carol, what are you going to regale me with this evening? Well, I always have a lot of paranormal stuff happen to me, so I have to do another paranormal story. Nice. Yay. Bring it. And, of course, I love the beach. Yes. So, this one took place over Labor Day weekend. Okay. And I got to get my flashlight out again because <laughs> I'm blind without it. Your flashlight with your iPad. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm technologically... No. Everyone knows you have no eyesight, so it's okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because I refuse to have Lasix. <laughs> That's right, girl. Okay. From Dr. Weirdo Eye Doctor. Now, this story you might have read on the internet. It was famous under a different name because I was too scared to post it under my real name. Huh. And before I had this podcast, I wanted to submit my ghost stories to another podcast. Is it Slenderman? 
No, it's not Slenderman. Uh, I love Slenderman, though. So podcasts were not really available then. So it was just like submitted to a forum. Um, oh. I, I'm not going to say which one. No sleep. But it really caught on in China, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Chinese loved it. They did. They loved it. It was all like reposted. <laughs> so my friend, her daughter, my daughter, we all decided to go on a spontaneous beach trip to Seaside, Oregon over Labor Day. I love Seaside. I had half a tank of gas and hoped that would be enough to get us to the beach, which was an hour and a half away. Yeah. And when we arrived at the beach, several bizarre things started happening. Oh, okay. They have a boardwalk and there's a bunch of novelty shops there. Yes. I love the Seaside <clears throat> Boardwalk. It's so cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. And we were just walking to different shops. Well, there was one particular novelty shop where a man insisted on my friend and I buying these beautiful exotic necklaces. And we were like, no, we're not going to, we don't need the necklaces. No, no. But he was very insistent. My friend and I, we both bought ourselves a necklace and put it on immediately. However, everywhere we went after that, strange things started to happen. Hmm. First of all, we went to the beach and this dog didn't seem to see us. We went straight up to the dog and we finally were like laughing about it. We're like, okay, so the dog must be deaf and blind. Because it was just sitting there on the beach, ignoring us. Or very well trained. One thing that we did notice was a nun in full attire riding on a bicycle. So we laughed to ourselves because, you know, whoever sees such a thing? I don't. Do you see <laughs> nuns riding around bicycles Every all the time? day. Every no, day. You don't. No, I don't. So oh. when it came time to leave, of course, you know, we didn't find any vacancy. So we all got in the car, but a thick fog started moving in on us. That's ominous. Fog is always ominous. It's ominous, but always a thing at the coast. So, of course, we were kind of scared to drive home in it. Yes. We kind of were like, well, maybe we can go to the next town and outrun the fog. And the next town was Astoria. Oh, yeah. Going the opposite direction. Yeah. So we drove there instead. I thought, well, you know, I need to get gas anyway. So when we pulled up to the gas station, we noticed that there was no cars. It wasn't that late. But there was only one man, and he was standing right out in the lot, kind of waiting for us to arrive. It was really creepy. He told us, you know, the gas station's closed. We couldn't get gas. But he said, you know, this is the alternative route to go back home. He pointed to a bridge, said, you cross that over. You go through Washington, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he took so, you a long way. Home. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Another another, you know, reason to this. So Mm -hmm. we followed his directions and it seemed like, of course, we were driving for hours. One thing I will say is uh, when we crossed that bridge, my daughter's friend who was with us announced that, oh, look, there's the nun we'd seen earlier standing by the side of the road. Well, that's weird. Yeah. What the hell was she doing by the side of the road? And was her bicycle still with her? No, she didn't see the bicycle with her. Weird. And the rest of us didn't see her either. So we just kind of were like, haha. That's really weird. Nice try. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of creepy. But up ahead, after driving for, it just seemed forever, we were giving up hope, was this faint light coming from like a little restaurant shop that was in the middle of nowhere. When we pulled in, we thought it was weird that the shop was named after me. Carol's Cafe. <laughs> what are the chances of that, Holly? Is it still there? We should go there on Halloween yeah, night. Yeah, we should go there. <laughs> no, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Friday the 13th. <laughs> so we all thought that was really strange. We walked into the shop. Um, we were trying to get directions, and they announced, hey, you know what? This restaurant's closed, 
But they said, you know, if we need to use the bathroom really quick, that's fine. So we walked into the bathroom and I, I kid you not, there was a table next to the door with these weird dolls sitting <sighs> on them. Dolls. And Again, there was dolls. There was four of them. <clears throat> Ew. One for each of us. No. And the strange thing about these dolls is they seem to resemble us. <laughs> and the clothes that they were wearing looked like they were splattered with blood or paint. What? It could have been paint. But I swear to you, Holly, like anyone that was with me on this trip will swear to this story. I, I will get them on here. I will. I will. They will swear to it. My oh, own that's daughter. Weird. So immediately we were like, "Let's get out of here." I, I will hold my pee for another three hours. It just doesn't matter. So we left, and as we were leaving, we said, "Please direct us to the next gas station, wherever that was." And even though we got into our car, you know, the gas tank somehow just still said half full. So, who knew what to believe? So out of nowhere, we're driving along. This white truck came barreling on our tails. So my friend said, okay, Carol, shit. Somebody heard us talking about running out of gas in that, in that shop. So we need to call 911 for help because what's going to happen is we are going to run out of gas and this psycho will kill us. Right. So that's what we did. We called the police. But after being on the phone with them, we finally had to hang up because the police decided they couldn't find our location anywhere. Wow. So we just were like, you know what? We just give up. Like That's we, weird. Yep. Yeah. So finally, after what seemed to be, I don't know, another half hour, we all of a sudden saw a trooper uh, with his car pulled over on the side of the road, and he was motioning for us to stop. So when we pulled over, it looked like he was um, checking an abandoned car that was also off the road. And at that point, the white truck passed us by, and the police officer pushed his face into the passenger window asking if we were okay with our gas. So we were all pleasantly surprised and said, oh, okay, so you were notified then that we were running out of gas and you found us. Well, guess what? What? He had no knowledge of such a report. Oh, weird. So again, coincidence, right? Or was he a ghost cop? Well, here's the thing. The odd thing was this man's face was ghostly white. <laughs> Unnaturally white. <laughs> And he reassured us we would make it home okay. So maybe even an angel. He did give us directions to the next town, and he assured us it was only 10 minutes away, and to our surprise, it was only 10 minutes away. <laughs> so because our gas still showed half a tank, we were like, should we risk it? Of course we shall, because we're now on the main highway. So we just drove all the way home from there. And we guesstimated it was probably the total trip was about three and a half hours. But when we got home, the clock in our home showed an hour and a half that we were away. Oh, weird. That we were in the car. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. So we definitely were. Because I've, I've done that route before and it takes a long time. It's a long, it's a long trip. trip. Yeah, it's a, a long really trip. long trip. At least so, three hours. Mm -hmm. At least. And so we definitely were in some sort of a time warp and we just all went to bed. We were exhausted. Wow. The next day I went out to my car. There was no gas. None. Wow. So it was it was crazy. And I called up my friend and she's like, oh, well, I've got more news for you. Huh? I said, what's the news? And she said, well, have you seen the paper? No. She goes, well, there's an interesting story in the paper. And it's about two nuns that were attacked over Labor Day weekend. Really? Yes. So there was a tip given to which led the police to a motel where the attacker was staying. And the story said that the two nuns were walking down a bicycle path 
in Klamath Falls, Oregon, which is nowhere near where we were. Right, yeah. And we're saying the rosary wearing their necklaces, okay? The attack was awful. It was reported that one of the nuns was headbutted, and then the other nun was also attacked. Um, they both were raped, and they were controlled. What? Yeah. These wow. nuns were raped. Wow. And they were both controlled by their rosary beads. He actually ended up killing Helen Chaska, who went by the name Sister Helena Maria. She was from Bellevue, Washington, and she was doing a mission work down in Klamath Falls with the other nun. Right. So <clears throat> police say Maximiliano Esparza was an undocumented immigrant from Mexico, and he rode a train down from Portland to Klamath Falls about a week before the attack. Mm -hmm. The other nun was able to give a description, and he was reported being seen around the time of the killing riding a bike in the area of the attack. So huh. the death penalty for Esparza is being sought, of course. He had used as many as nine different aliases, and investigators are afraid his past might uncover some more horrible crimes that he's committed. Wow. So we get chills from this, Holly, because... Just the coincidences of seeing a nun twice yeah, yeah. that day. Yeah. And just all the weird things of us, people seem to not really see us when we were there. Right. And just the fact that we were forced to wear necklaces. <laughs> it made just, you invisible. It just, the similar things just made us creeped out. Maybe the necklaces were protecting you from something. Well, and here's the thing. Maybe the nun had already been killed and she was traveling back home to get to Bellevue, Washington. Oh, on her bicycle? On her bicycle. She stole the bicycle from the killer. <laughs> she was like, fuck you. I'm going home and I'm taking your bicycle. You Vengeance is mine. <laughs> Vengeance is mine. <laughs> give me your fucking bike. <laughs> yeah, that's And I crazy. give you no Hail Marys for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So that's my story. That's a crazy story. That's really, really weird. Yeah. That and the dolls, finding the dolls with, like, the blood on them. The whole thing. And... I don't know if, like, we were being protected from, yeah, like, evil was in the air that night everywhere. Yeah. And, like, we were also susceptible to it. And so the nun was like, you know what? I got killed, but I'm not going to let you get killed. Maybe. Maybe you were being protected by something. Maybe. Yeah. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I'd like to think so, too. There wow. are good ghosts out there. There are good ghosts. Casper. Casper. Yeah. He's a friendly ghost. Which brings us to our first advertiser, Casper Mattresses. <laughs> if you're going to sleep with a ghost, wouldn't you want it to be a friendly one? <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect endorsement, Carol. Thank you. <laughs> God, you got big bulges. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> yeah, Josh is going to sue us for sexual something later. <laughs> and so I hate you right now. And so back before it was an actual park, obviously. <laughs> Shut up. I'm sorry. Holly. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> it's just these names. <laughs> These names are so <laughs> Bulch had some balls to ask that. <laughs> he was a student. He was a really big track star. And he had long hair. 
And um, I think he got bullied a lot. And one day, I, gosh, I might be wrong with the story, but he got held down and they cut his hair off. And after that, his his track running ability went to shit because his power was in his hair. I remember that reading that, thinking that it was interesting. In the movie Avatar, remember they connect with their hair? No, I don't remember that. They take their hair and then they plug it into each other's hair and then they intertwine it. <laughs> it's like hair sex and then they communicate that way. Josh, back me up. While you were talking about that, it was the only thing I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it really was? That's yeah. Avatar? Avatar, yeah. Okay, yeah, Josh absolutely. is our producer, and like, I, if he says that's happened, I believe it. Yes. Because, you know, my memory is not very So if Josh accurate. says it happened, you believe it. If I say it happens, you're like, Josh? Holly? <laughs> Josh, Holly, it actually we have We have a track record of misses. <laughs> I am sorry, <laughs> but... I am always correct, Carol. I know. I, know. <laughs> I will never doubt you again. I know, but it's weird. There's something about hair because I remember the Michael Lennon story. And in the Little House on the Prairie, he always had really good hair. Like he had like shampoo commercial worthy hair. Right. It always looked shiny and feathered. And it was taking place in a time where that would never have been a thing. Yeah, he always looked awesome on that show. Well, I'm growing out my hair, so we'll have to do an experiment. <laughs> we should do the Michael Lennon on you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to look like Michael Lennon. You, you need a little bit of grease and a lot of wave, and then you've got it. You've got okay. it. Yeah. Thanks, Ollie. Maybe a cowboy hat. No. Maybe some sweat on your brow. No. No? No. Are you sure? I'd rather I'd rather braid my hair and look like one of the one of the girls, you know. Like Wait. Laura. Oh, Laura mm -hmm. or Mary. Or Mary. Or Mary. No, and actually I'd be more of a Mary because I am blind as a bat. So. <laughs> Maybe we should have a Little House on the Prairie podcast. <laughs> Here we go. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.